0: northern Ukraine is where the grain maize is planted, That there will be a 40% reduction in maize plantings, which competes with Irish feed wheat. You've got to be sensible and, and maybe sell some forward, but I wouldn't, you're never dead five minutes before you're dead, put it that way. And I think there's more light in the end of the tunnel than maybe than we think.
1: We live in a global world and none more so in the commodity markets such as wheat, maize and oilseed grapes. What happens in various regions across the world has an influence locally, but also globally. This was hugely evident in the food crisis following the start of the Ukraine war. The events in this part of the world continue to overhang the market today. However, other events unfolding now, are they about to change what this means for the global markets? You are listening to the latest episode of The Chilli Edge with me, Michael Hennessy. We would really appreciate it if you could listen, follow and give us a review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. I am joined again today by Jim McCarty from Romania, who is running a large tract of land in the northeast of the country. Jim comes with a wealth of knowledge about the Black Sea region and how crops are developing, but also about world grain markets. We start chatting about the weather effects over the past few months in Romania.
0: The Orthodox Easter was this weekend. And it just rained continuously with three days' rain in a row. The place is in absolute muck. Last in 2021... You know, from September 2021 till the end of June, with 175 millimetres of rain, we've had 130 since the 26th of March.
1: That's a big difference, alright? Yeah. Big difference.
0: <laughs> it's incredible. It's incredible. Uh, you know, and everywhere, just muck like you know. But the winter crops are wonderful. We've had winter crops like, like we never had before.
1: Well, we, we're kind of feeling your pain a little bit, Jim, because I mean, as you know, over here it has been an awful wet March and. A, this is yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, this week this week is the kind of the first week or the first few days that people are really kind of getting back out into the land again but and and what percentage of the spring
0: spring barley is it be sold,
1: Michael? Uh there's probably there wouldn't be half it done yet. I'd say there's only about maybe forty percent of it, maybe maybe done yet. But um, okay. if you know yourself now, it'll probably all get done in a very short space of time. It'll be done in a, in in kind of ten days, anyways. But in a week, maybe even a week, you know. But, um, oh my
0: God, oh, I didn't think it was bad as that. now.
1: Oh yeah, no, it's all I you know. Know. there's no, no beet sown, no maize sown, there's none of those crops sown at all. About half the
0: beet is sown here, we haven't half our beet sown, we were just starting. We kind of, the 25th of March is our start uh, for beef because we can feed it in a few days and the last few days of April, March are our time to avoid late frost and um, it's just that rain, you know.
1: Just go back a bit. were you saying I know it's been very wet, which there but were you saying you also had snow not too not too long ago as well did you we we're
0: the fifth the fifth and sixth of um of April we had put, put three feet of snow and a blizzard for thirty six hours people trapped in cars all over the place you know it, 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 normally the remains are brilliant keeping the roads open in the snow cut they used to but all, the, along the along anywhere the, where the road is under the fields they'll put up screens to block the snow from blowing off the fields but all those had been taken down and all the trucks had been returned with the snow plows to the bit to the haulage contractors and uh this evening it started with the snow like it never snowed before and i mean i could show you videos of we digging our way in with with telescopics to for, like for the an ambulance to hit the guy who's having a heart attack you know things like that it was ferocious so you can you imagine getting three to four feet of snow this time of the year
1: it didn't last for too long though jim did it
0: I hey, mean, that's they're still in in the headlands and places you'll still oh. find snow without any shade.
1: Okay. It's very okay. snow
0: about leaving and it's been raining ever since. So like the farm roadways the dirt roads are just complete. because they're filled with snow and they were the last to tow out, literally... Sure. and now it's raining down I'm continuously so I mean just getting out in the field you can't even do that
1: kind of hard to get it right because I remember this time last year we were chatting and uh, you were saying it, it was really dry over the whole region and you yeah. were really worried about yeah. it so.
0: uh, and, and, and this is and it has been it was phenomenally dry Michael on the 25th of March the, the middle of March in some areas and then it's oh, but we all we needed this rain Michael because there was there was so little moisture in the soil we needed right. this
1: and is that recharge you know. now? Is, is that recharge enough, or was it so heavy that it's not really going to stick around for too long?
0: Oh, it, no, it was it, for us it's brilliant because where we're we have cover crops, you know, most of the land has cover crops. It would just kept the snow and soaked in the moisture and soaked in the moisture, okay. and we would really have. There's, I mean, the, there's a very good tr- work out of America on no-till. If you have no-till and versus noted with a cover crop you'll 70 percent faster water infiltration with the cover crop and so that's very important for us is and that's what we're spending a lot of making a lot of effort to increase our water infiltration rates
1: yeah build that up
0: one cultivation half your water infiltration yes
1: okay
0: in the shadow cultivation yeah yeah you know Mm -hmm. so it's a it's a very different situation
1: So you could, you could literally now switch across from kind of that wet kind of period into a kind of a dry, hot getting towards, I don't know, mid twenties very quickly, could you, Jim, or, or is it going to be a bit slower? We could, we
0: could. And then this is where you've got to be very careful though, Michael, is that you, you don't uh, start mucking in crops on this heavy land and then you get 25 degrees for 10 days and you bake out the top of it.
1: Yeah.
0: Particularly for the sugar beets. So you've got to be very, very careful.
1: So, by, by the sound of what, what you were saying there, Jim, in terms of the, the snow and the wet and everything like that, yep. in, in, in the region and in general, sense sounds a bit further away from yourself and your own farm. How, what sort of progress has been made? Is everybody pretty much in the same bunker as yourself? No one has much done?
0: The kind of halfway down Romania is the cutoff point. Southern Romania and Bulgaria haven't had this, but from most north And all the southern Ukraine has had it. I was speaking to a friend of mine who's farming south of Kiev two days ago. And they're doing nothing either. They're sitting, there, they're rained off, and you'll see it from the war. If you watch any of the war stuff on TV, it's very wet and very mucky there in, in the Ukraine. But Michael, look in southern Europe. Still, the drought goes on. The Iberian Peninsula is very, very drought, drought, dry. A huge part of southern France, very dry. Poland, very dry.
1: Hasn't hasn't gone away anyway. And, and going back to your no. own farm, then, Jim. In terms of, I know you were saying before. And um, The majority of your crops are aimed towards the spring rather than the winter. How much of yes, the spring yes. crops have you got in, uh, or how much is left to go? None. We have we've, we've,
0: we've 100 hectares of sugar beet
1: okay. in the ground,
0: and all the rest. So we have about ten thousand four or 500 hectares of seed. We have the wheat, is, winter wheat and rape, and for the first time ever, we have 400 hectares of winter barley. Um, and that's all looking absolutely beautiful, it's stunning. Um, because we've had a good a good autumn and winter, and we've got quick emergence and nice tillering, and we really have beautiful full crops, not too advanced, just perfect. Um, and so, from that point of view, it's very, very good. Now we're, you know, we're coming on. We will be fine, Michael, if we get rain in July, but if we don't, this will be very safe. This will cut yields again across. This part of Europe.
1: Would you be late, Jim? In terms of where you ideally would like no, to be. No, we, we wouldn't. We okay. would. I mean, the highest yielding, the highest
0: yielding average of beef, we actually start to see these on the tenth of April. We, you know, if we get nice weather, Michael, I mean, the growth would be phenomenal. I would have no problem saying to you that if we see the last few days of April, the beef, and we get nice growing conditions, we would have no problem being closed. In the drills by the June twenty first, no problem because that's the kind of growth we we get.
1: Mm, okay. No
0: problem with that, and um, and we'll be same with the maize. You know, I mean, I mean, we had very bad hail in in uh, twenty eighteen on, on the sixteenth of May. We lost a thousand hectares of maize
1: Ooh. with
0: hail. Nice, um, and we um, we re- reseeding a on the twentieth, and and we got. Good rain in late July and August, and ended up that all that hail receded stuff averaged over ten tons a hectare. Wow. And anytime we do ten tons a hectare corn, we make a lot of money and are very happy. So it just depends on what comes from here.
1: Yeah, yeah you yeah. know so that's not going to force you to change any of your potential cropping plans that you had. You're going to no, no, because
0: we, we we would be weather proofing the the rotation quite a bit because we have a nice mix in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have winter barley in. Because of drought, we um, we we're holding the hectares of corn. We have a bit less sunflower because sunflower price is taking quite a if, um, and we've introduced sorghum for the poorer areas, the poor areas where we would have put corn in the past. We're putting sorghum uh, because we now have a market for it. We didn't, and we're holding the soybean acres as well because they just bring it into rotation and wheat after the after the soybean. What we're seeing is that if we draw soybean. Wheat, then a very good legume cover crop, corn, and then cover crop of, of rye and back to soybean. That rotation for us is really wonderful.
1: And, and sorghum, Jim, is a new crop for you, is it?
0: A new crop for us. Well, there was there was no market for her, Michael, and so okay. it was, you just couldn't sell it. So that now we have a very good outlet for it now and, and quite a bit of interest in sorghum.
1: What's the, the new interest in that or what's the market? It's cattle feed all right okay
0: cattle feed Great. and 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 they're using a bit for brewing as a bit of an interest for brewing um so they're, they're, they're for brew, and and health foods and different things in africa it's a huge crop um
1: yeah
0: and um so and it draws very very little rain so you know michael the, the climate is changing worldwide and droughts are becoming more of a problem you'll you know you'll see more of these crops and crops like pearl millet into low rainfall areas to try and protect people from drought
1: you're hopefully going to get all your crops in you're not going to change your crop rotation much but i suppose no that, and, and you mentioned it i suppose already just in terms of the because i remember we chatted before i think it was last year you had an awful lot of uh sunflower in um, because the market was good in that and the are falling out of that and obviously drape a little bit and there's a huge yeah. cost you know squeeze going on at the moment are you, is there yeah. a number of things that you're trying to do to try and preserve the margins that you have?
0: Well, it's I probably two of the biggest things. Mike, we're, we're investing a huge amount in the digitalization of our business. Okay. And that is helping greatly in cutting costs. And the second thing is that we stayed out of the fertilizer market. In November, the input companies were putting pressure on people to sell. A lot of Romanian farmers borrowed money bought very expensive inputs of fertilizer and we stayed back out of the market. And unlike at home, at home in in Ireland, Michael, the importers have to buy it and import it and get it onto the island of Ireland. Um here we can bring it from any direction. So like in mid February the price of urea fell to the low 500s. Um so we, we, we waited until then and we bought Fifteen hundred tons of in into trenches, you know, in the lower 500s and in in feb, in Feb in late February, which was a great help. Um, and like t- today, you know, you'd buy in the local market today with cash for three eighty.
1: Oh, Jesus, right? That's nearly back to where it was.
0: If from that point of view, it's paid very well. The the input companies, you know, selling the the, the manufacturers, you know, I came with these huge wonderful price increases, but they met enormous resistance here because people didn't have the money because, you know, there's a number of things that are happening in the market here. Um, And, you know, people didn't have the money. They use up their money to buy expensive fertilizers. And uh, the product wasn't being used and wasn't moving. And and so suddenly, you know, the salespeople were turning up saying, you know, we'll sell you this, but we'll give you so many packs free. But we have to maintain this price. But we'll give you so many packs free. Um, I mean, we bought an Arctic load of Roundup. We're actually only paying for half a truck because yes. they have to hold their price. We seem to hold their price. But what it means is that uh, when we buy a Roundup, we need for killing perennials, like, like the wild gra- grasses and that here. We'll only use, use Roundup 480. uh um, um from from Monsanto it's the only product but we buy generics for very good quality generics for burning off cover crops and for weeds you know weed control we will seed into a green cover crop and then five six days later burn off everything then okay and the crop will end up then to something dead will emerge of something dead and clean and we've really given it a good start that has very good quality generic is actually costing us less than €5 Euros a litre now. Um, so there's been a huge correction in the market. Uh, people wanted to stiff the prices, but suddenly demand wasn't there. People just couldn't afford it.
1: For the more pricey stuff or the stuff that's maybe more on patent, is are you seeing, like over here, we're seeing... Price increases are pro- on the, 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 the pesticides side of the house of about 15%, but some are really expensive. It have gone up by 50%. Are, are you seeing some of that there as well?
0: Oh, th- that, was, that was very much in the marketplace, but that is disappearing now because they're being crucified by genetics. And people are saying, hey, we'll use, you know, older technology and we're not paying that price increase. We're just refusing to do it. You know, it, it, on the 16th of May last year, the Matif price for wheat was four hundred and thirty-eight. Is two hundred and fifty fifty five today. That's the retail price. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it, you know, you're, when you're talking about four hundred tons of euro, euro, ton of euro wheat, when you, you have one one cast level you can endure, but like when you're down now at this, it's a completely different story. So, and, and reality has to prevail.
1: Well, absolutely, for sure. And look, I mean, it's the, same, it's the same here in Ireland. I mean, look, there's an awful lot of people looking very very closely at their. At their costs and it's, um, the, the, the margins just seems to be disappearing day by day, especially with the given weather that's here too.
0: Well, it's not a pretty picture, Michael, at all. No. You know, it's not a pretty, and, and the, the, you know, the squeeze and land availability because about 40% of village land in Ireland is rented and and, and the squeeze and the availability from Daring and, and that is, is is a huge problem. It's just a, a very, very serious problem for
1: the industry. It is, for sure. Can we maybe switch switch tack a little bit? And we talked about a little bit of your machinery um outfits before. And I was just maybe it might be interesting maybe for lots of our listeners to listen or to talk a little bit about your um your spraying and how you have that set up, because obviously you have huge acreage there that you have to get over a number of different times. Well, what sort of um, I suppose if you're an Irish farmer, <laughs> the bigger ones anyway, at least, you know, probably have about a fleet of six or seven or maybe ten propelled out there. What sort of machinery do you run for for the machine for, for sprayer?
0: We have one self propelled, um, and we only have that for high clearance work in sunflowers and in ad time in corn. And the rest, we we're, we're running uh, six thousand liter, thirty six meter trailed, on two hundred twenty horsepower tractors. We can't afford self propelled. It's it. I mean. It, let me put I'd be firstly I think that I'd be a t ter- when we bought the businesses we got all different makes of sprayers. You know, we got Hardys and John Deere's and Amazones and Coons and all of them very good. But Stuart Platt, who many of the listeners will know, persuaded me to go land quip and they are built in England using French thirty six meter um aluminium booms, pommier booms, and they're very simple and very robust. Like the first one of those we bought in 2015, she worked in 2015. She's eight seasons done. The lowest amount she's done any year is 10,000 hectares. So she has north of 80,000 hectares, 200,000 acres. How much of the south propelled cost We do the same work.
1: That's uh, that's a big area for sure.
0: And what's, what's wonderful, Michael, when she's standing in the line with the other with the five trail sprays standing together because we had them in the yard recently all together because they had actually we have five last year we got four new tractors and we got one this year and the five new tractors were on the, the sprayers um and you know she just doesn't look out of her place with them and so it's a it, michael it's having very low fixed costs for so times like this is what's so important um I, I i was asked to speak of the thing in ireland recently and i showed a picture of a tractor that came in february 2018 she's a spraying tractor she's the guys, who, who the guys who probably do the most spraying. But in December, that tractor, she, she wasn't five years old till this February, but in December, she had 11,300 hours. And that was the myth. All she ever did was spraying or spreading fertilizer. So yes. the point is, you know, we can convenience for a guy, guy at home to go spraying and he said, Pelvis is wonderful, but we can't afford that because our, with, with the amount of work we're doing with each machine. They just have to get on with it and they have to be simple and they have to be robust and they have to be reliable.
1: Sure.
0: Uh, you know, and that's what we, we've got.
1: Because in terms of the acreage that you're working on, which is quite substantial, I presume, then, that you are, are you working on lower water rates and, um, you know, or what sort of, what sort of that do you work?
0: Well, no, this, Michael, we're like everybody else. You know, Roundup is at 100, 120 fungicides at conditions of nice, we're at 150 litres of water a hectare. But a huge amount of our spraying is done at 200 liters of water. But to that end, Michael, we have, um, for each sprayer, we have a company, an English company, who build our tankers in Poland. We have um, 15,000 liter tandem axle water tankers with pumps and storage and all built into them. So okay. we have wonderful, so we basically have two sprayers and two 15,000 liter tankers. And, what we will do sometimes in one of the businesses we bought, there's a 25,000-litre truck water tanker, stainless steel one, a really good one. It came second hand from Germany. We will actually park that where the guys are spraying. If we have a huge amount of spraying in one area and we're under pressure for spraying, we'll park that there, and the two water tankers will keep filling her, and they'll just come fill it and go off and get refill again. They won't stay hanging around, and the sprayers, then the truck will move and we have a big, long pipe, and they don't even fold the booms up, they'll fill. It's, again, it's about logistics. And and the other thing is, Michael, that a huge amount of our spraying is done at night because it gets too hot during the day. Really, we need to stop at 23 degrees during the day. So very often, by 11 o'clock, we'll stop spraying, and it's maybe 7 in the evening again. So what we do in those, when the weather breaks like that, is we let what we'll, What driver will do from seven in the evening till nine or ten in the morning and then he has the n- a night off and he does the next night he does every second night okay.
1: you know i presume you're you're all GP, GPSed up, Jim, and all that kind of things but oh
0: absolutely <laughs> absolutely
1: uh,
0: everything and, and and michael yeah michael I said to you that we we know we're spending a lot on the digitalization of, of agriculture but because you know we're growing so much row crops, we're actually putting in tram lines into row crops. Right. We 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 block off two two rows because we're on thirty six meters. So all our seeders, all our row crop seeders, are now twelve meters or twenty four rows. So we're on thirty six meter seeding. So three rounds around the field with the seeder, tramline in the middle round. It's like long ago when we started with the four meter seeders, uh, and four meter masses in the tramline and twelve meter sprayers back to the same thing except we're now seeding with it's with twelve twelve meter seeders and thirty six meter sprayers and it's the, the same thing. And then on the 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 Trimble um yeah, precision IQ software, we'll have every field uploaded in the seeding tractors. And those maps will be uploaded in all the spraying tractors. So they don't even have to look where they turn in, but we'll take out the train so we can use wide tires. For as long as possible to so that in the mint hill and the motel we're not making ruts so we will be on 650s for a, a huge amount of our spraying um because of that and beautifully is when the guys are seeding even at night particularly at night it'll show say the two seasons together the same thing will show on the two screens they'll see how much of the field is seeded and one of the guys will go off and he'll put in all the tram lines and then he'll walk back along the field, and the other guy will work towards him, and they'll see out the field. They put it on. So and like with fertilizer spreading now is the same, Michael. All our fields have thirty-six meter blocks, thirty-six meters by thirty-six meters. So you can just click on it and it'll show you how many of fertilizer went down that thirty-six meter square.
1: Yeah.
0: Down along through all the fields with this with this uh, software. And and the other thing is, Michael, asper asper Aspre- is Aspre- As doing awful lot of fertilizer work
1: oh, because
0: okay. we use we not so much this year. We 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 have shaver stream bars for UAN, and then we have uh, American Easy Jets, you know, drop pipes for putting UAN on corn that the pi- pipe will drag along the corn row. Oh yes,
1: okay. Um,
0: tra- a trailing pipe. So if it's very dry, we will mix half water and half UAN. And was along the road, and we get it going pretty
1: quickly. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah. And 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 tell so me, just in, in. just in terms of, and you'd often see it. I suppose maybe in more dryland kind of countries that there's a I suppose sprayer technology is now developing to 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 the extent where they can, you know, use cameras to spot spray in different places, that kind of thing. Do you ever see yourself, or have you looked into that, or is that, in any way, useful in the type of farming you on?
0: I have two different companies here with us trying to sell us the technology. Hmm. But if you have 700,000 euros to spare for spare for a 36-meter self-propelled with that technology, send it on to me. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you could be
1: waiting for that one now,
0: Michael, it's a wonderful technology, right?
1: Yeah.
0: But I, I keep saying to people, we keep this modern fleet of machinery, uh, that fan 110 degree, you know, three bars, maximum pressure, 180, 200 litres of water. We'll do an awful amount of very good work with very low levels of inputs. We keep our machinery, will cost us, you know, 100 euros a hectare is our leasing bill each year. And that's where we try to keep it. And and uh, we can go, you know, we can go spending and build up a huge depreciation bill to save five euros a hectare on we control. I mean... Yeah, yeah. Because of a very good rota- rotation, Michael, our weed bill this year in wheat would be about nine euros a hectare. And we don't have, gra- and we don't have grass weeds and we don't have wild oats.
1: Yeah, even taking 10% off that is, um, is, is, it would be a fair feat in itself and it's very small money at that.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, for instance, now in the corn, in, in the corn spring, like for in the soybean, by g- seed- feeding the soybean into a cover crop of rye, a rye cover crop, We've enormously cut the soybean weed bill because it's really suppressed the weeds in the soybean, and in in the corn, we are pre we are we're going in two leaves, like after seeding, five six seven days we go with low dose roundup to clean up everything, and then we have two leaves we go back in, this year, with a a, a mixture of terbutilazin and, and pyroximate, you know, and with contact and residual. And hope to get out for that. So, you know, we're spending between Roundup and things about forty-five euros a hectare on corn weed control. Yeah. But so even if we take fifteen percent off that bill, it's it's very hard to get the,
1: get the money right the for that. You know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And 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 there's a great saying as well, Michael, you know, that that all this technology is wonderful, but the old saying is, you know, never be the one by which the first is tried but in the last to cast the old aside, you get, you know, all that kind of technology, you get a lot of heartbreak. You know, when 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 the weather takes up here, Michael, we used to put, you know, 700, 750 hectares in the ground every day. And if you use technology to give you a lot of trouble, well, you know, things go wrong very quickly, so...
1: And we mentioned, Jim, a good bit, I suppose, about the grain slide and the the, the, the cost squeeze and that, and, and and obviously the grain has only been going. Kind of one way. Do you, do you see any saving there, or not saving? But any um, any area where there might be a chink where that might start to go go the other way? Is there anything in in the market that we spoke
0: this time last this time last year? We had um, I remember beginning a call with a couple of our shareholders, and they were talking about the price of grain. You know, they were quite stark, but they said, "Look, our view from here is that the market, the price in the market." doesn't reflect the availability of stocks. Hmm. I would say today, the availability of stocks uh, doesn't deserve this price. I think there's a, an issue. Three three things as far as we are concerned, we're watching very carefully. The USDA report is formulated, which the whole world watches, is that America will seed 91 million acres of corn, that's 37 million hectares, that it will average 11.5 tons, which it's never done before. Yeah. Okay? That's yeah. the first thing. Watch America. If that starts to fall apart, then the I was very lucky to have dinner recently with the global head of seeds, one of the big three seed companies, global seed companies. Yeah. You know how Cargill and all the guys have now moved out of Russia?
1: Yeah, Well,
0: the seed companies were invited to meetings in Russia. it just been told, if you want a deal in our country now, you have to become a minority shareholder, 49% shareholder in a Russian company. Mm. The oligarchs are taking over all that now. Okay? Yeah. The big, he was absolutely adamant that people are underestimating the drop in production will happen in Russia. For instance, they reckon Russia has only enough sunflower seed bought to grow enough to meet their own supplies, and they were becoming very big sunflower exporters. Okay. okay? The drop in production in the southern Ukraine, especially now with late seeding, will be significant because that's all the war area from the Crimea to the Russian border. A huge amount of that will not be seeded. And again, from the meeting with this guy, they reckon that the northern Ukraine is where the grain maize is planted, that there will be a 40% reduction in maize plantings, which competes with Irish feed wheat so I wouldn't look. You've got to be sensible and and maybe sell some forward, but I wouldn't. Well, you're never you're never dead five minutes before you're dead. Put it <laughs> that way. And I think I I think there's 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 more light in the end of the tunnel maybe than we think. And as the seeding debt moves back small for all of us, the yeah. the odds are getting worse for high oh, yields gosh. are shorting all the time, uh, yeah, yeah. you know.
1: I know there's in Poland and there's a few of the countries around Ukraine are kind of nearly trying to ban the grain coming in. Is there any sense of that in Romania or?
0: Basically, Michael, what's happened? You take here in my county, we're just, I'm sitting in my office, two-thirds of the way down the county, I'm 60 kilometers from the Ukraine border. Yep. The local farmers here, grain started coming across and they started buying it. We had a very bad harvest last year. So suddenly they said they'd buy cheap grain from Ukraine to pay their rent. And then they started passing it off. And selling his, Ukraine, his Romanian grain. Nice. Okay. And then she decided to the stores on full. I've made very good money. I've got to fill my stores with Ukrainian grain, and it'll be a great price, and we'll all be happy. The reason that the, the guys in Poland and the guys here in Romania want the board of clothes is they actually want to clear out their stores. Right. As I said to you, Michael, the Matif price was four thirty eight in May last year. It's two fifty today. The traders are offering for July one eighty five in the market today. Here, if you want to sell wheat forward, so what they're trying to do is they're trying to. That's it's sixty five, seventy euros discount, which would be abnormal to the Matif price here. What they're doing is they're going to flush out all the stuff that's in store, and 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 it's, it's, this is. This, the, 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 the problem here in this market and the problem in Poland hasn't been caused, Michael, by Ukraine grain. It's been caused by the markets have fallen everywhere. The Matif price is the indicator. Markets have fallen globally. It's all that's wrong with the guys shouting thing is that they're, they, they're, they've been left holding the baby because they went and bought this grain at a much higher price than it is
1: now. Okay, and they're and they're trying to hold out for as long as they can, one would presume, that to try and get their money back.
0: Well, there you go, hmm. and the the way they think that, that they'll solve this is to
1: stop the Ukrainian grain coming in.
0: No, it won't. They've got to stop to get rid of the grain out of the stores to be ready for harvest.
1: And and stores are that full everywhere in 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 in, oh, in the, the, the area. I mean, the num the number of guys
0: in this area, Romanian farmers. I mean, we we deal with a an input seller and bank. They have both, right? Yep. They'll sell it in puts very cheaply, but then they will sell you a finance package to finance it, agri cover their ends. We did business from them there about six weeks ago. I never saw guys more worried. They said, Hope oh, you've plenty cash reserves because he said there'll be plenty of businesses for sale. These guys have been so stupid. They went out, maximized their credit lines to buy expensive fertilizer in the autumn, 1,000 euro a ton urea, 1,300 euro a ton DAP. Yeah. Bought Ukrainian grain, filled their stores, and they're all going to lose a hundred euros a ton at least, isn't it? And so, and 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 at that time, we had very low water reserves, and it looked like we were going to have another drought. Mm. And so, this is this is this is what's happened, and that's, Michael. The two reasons people don't make money: fear and greed.
1: As you mentioned, Russia, there, Jim, you, uh, and you and you talked about the big traders were. Uh, I don't know what might call it? Is it. Was it was a polite way of saying they were invited to leave? any idea what
0: that was well, we... no, no it wasn't no no not at all they weren't no. No, no, they, they, well, they really liked them to stay but in, that their companies now would be 51% owned by a Russian oligarch and they'd own 49 and you can provide like the, the seed companies were told you provide all the technology all the genetics all the everything but you only own 49% of the business and of course the seed companies laughed and said "Good look glad we'll see you you know mm-hmm. so I, that's what has been happening you know the, the, in in Russia, um, they want to control everything themselves, and uh, that,
1: and, so and, s- and similarly, similarly to the grain traders as well, Jim, the carucals and the bungies as well. well absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they said, right. they said thank you,
0: that this the word we're hearing. They said thank you, but no, thank you, right. We'll do our own things
1: elsewhere. And is, is, is it and the thing is the thinking then that Russia is going to go backwards quite quickly then in terms of its ability to produce yeah. and yeah and I suppose distribute yeah. or, or or get the grain out of the country, which is probably the big one.
0: Well, they they will be able to get it out of the country, but like they will be giving credit and they will be doing all kinds of things that I'm used to doing. So and there will be a drop in production, and because they, I'm familiar with a farm in southern Russia, which is about the same size as us. And it's 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 actually English-owned, um, and they have to report every month the number of employees and the taxes they've paid. If they drop the number of employees, their farm will be nationalized and taken off them. They're already looking for an excuse to take it off them. But the big problem they have is they've lost three of their young team. They've lost two farm mechanics and their best driver to the war. Okay. And that's becoming an issue, and the supply of spare parts. And I mean, these guys had a very bad harvest last year, and to keep everything in place, to keep the business being taken off, and they actually had to sell their combines last autumn for next to nothing to to get some cash in the system, or lose the whole lot, and um, and use contractors, Russian contractors next next year. So this this whole thing is you know going to to be a problem on the supply side for the Russians and, and for the world market. So that's why I'm saying to people, I wouldn't just panic yet, you know, mm-hmm. on the grain price. But look, I think we said this before that, you know, Michael, the thing that kills high prices are high prices. The demand side drop, you know, the guy didn't put in the extra batch of chickens because the prices were just too high.
1: Sure. You know,
0: 400 euros a ton was ridiculous, mm. but 200 euros a ton with current inputs and land rentals, Ain't gonna work either.
1: No, no, no.
0: And so somewhere in between we gotta try to make sure. But the market will pay the market price. The market is an agnostic. It doesn't care about your pain.
1: But I know but to, yeah. I suppose to, to finish off on an optimistic note, Jim, you're, what you're what you're saying or what I'm what I'm hearing, or maybe I want to hear it, I'm not sure which, uh, that there hopefully will be a bit more light at the end of the tunnel. It's not maybe all bad news in terms of grain uh for for the coming exactly.
0: The Argentine harvest has been an absolute disaster, and that story continues to get worse. Mm. Yeah, Brazil are having a very good time. But if North America doesn't have a good time, if it has an average season, even, it'll put pressure on, you know. So there's, and and remember, Michael, high fuel prices drive commodity prices. So, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give up hope yet.
1: Don't panic yet. Yeah. Jim, that's brilliant. Thanks thanks no very panic. much for your input. You always, always, always have a great perspective on on uh, not only what's happening in your part of the world, but the whole thing in general. So again, thanks very much for that. No,
0: no, my pleasure, Michael. My
1: pleasure. So that's it for this week. And my thanks to Jim for joining me on the show. If you want to find out more about Jim's farm, search through previous episodes on whichever podcast app you use. Keep an eye out for local Chagas walks coming up in April and early May throughout the country. For more details on this, go to chagas.ie forward slash events. Finally, don't forget if you enjoyed the podcast and recommend it to a friend or colleague. And as always, rate, review and follow on Apple or Spotify so you never miss an episode. And for more information, go to chagas.ie. I'm Michael Hennessy. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next week with more tillage news and advice.